0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams, niche nonsense, or surprisingly brilliant? You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish Football Podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search
0: the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now.
2: Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Uh, I'm Boyd Hilton. He is sidekick Josh Landy. Resplendent
1: in pale pink. Hello, Josh. I'm well, Boyd. Great to see you. I I like the the zooms where we can see each other because the first few weeks of lockdown, we just did pure audio. We didn't even look at each other, but now we can see each other. I can see inside your your house. I've got a slightly different angle today. What's that over your right shoulder? The... Is that a ball on top of something? The white. Uh, oh, is that, that is board?
2: that is a little um, um, kind of. It's a light based on um, Scarface, the, film, the Brian De Palma version of Scarface. There was famously um, this this appeared in it um, in the climactic scene where he where he kind of starts machine gunning everyone to death. Yeah, so that's what that is. It's a Scarface prop basically, and yet and light, and it's 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 a light as well.
1: Yeah. Well, I- Quite a busy background you've got. If we look further yeah. behind there, the CD, is that CDs, books? What are they? Uh, those are albums,
2: vinyl oh, albums. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is my flag here. This is my uh, FA Cup final flag. Ah, oh, very appropriate. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's uh, it's from, 19, from 2017 when we played a team called Chelsea in the cup final. of them? And yep. won under under uh, a previous manager. I'd say late highlight. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we've got a a lovely guest with us. Uh, This could be, is this
1: our last part of the season? Are we going to do one after the cup final? What do you think? Kind of feel like if we win the cup final, we'll be so enthused. We'll want to come back. Yeah. And if we don't, we'll be quite miserable and maybe just leave it. I agree. What do you think? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be the last, if we, if we lose, if we win, we'll do
2: one to celebrate the win. Anyway, there's a lot to, we've got basically, this is the last podcast of the premier league season um and look ahead to the cup final and the general look back at how we feel we're doing under the new manager compared to the previous manager etc so to talk us all through that is one of our legendary staunch returning guests alan Alger. alan welcome
3: thank you very much for having me on on this final podcast of the season because obviously there's so much i want to say and It seems like absolutely ages ago that we met up in King's Cross and recorded the first one of this season. It's incredible. Were you on the
2: first one? Oh, excellent. Yeah. I think I was. Yeah, I think I was.
3: Certainly one of the first two or
2: three. Yeah. It is, it's an incredibly bizarre season. It must be one of the most bizarre seasons, I mean, in Arsenal history because. You know, we started out with Emery in his second season. We had a summer. Let me remind you, I was looking back and I was thinking, because, you know, we'll look ahead to what we're going to do in this summer, which could be affected by various financial issues. But let me remind you both of the summer signings of 2019 under Unai Emery in his second season, right? Nicolas Pepe, Gabriel Martinelli, Danny Ceballos, William Saliba, obviously will arrive now, Kieran Tierney, and David Louise now I'm saying right I, I thought I'd begin with this point out of those six signings I would say you know if we all right discount sleep because he hasn't arrived yet out of the, the remaining signings I would say they've all been successful um, and I'm happy with all of them in fact they're probably the players if you said you know should we sell any of our players in, in the in the you know in the next in, in in this campaign so we can finance buying other ones I'd say those are like ones that have done better than practically a lot of, most of our existing players, apart from, you know, a couple, like Aubameyang and Saka, for example. So you'd be happy with that transfer. I think we're all happy with that transfer window, weren't we? And then the subsequent start that we made to the season under Emery was was fairly shit, like conceding 30 shots to Watford, for example, in that famous game. And now, and I guess, you know, let's start with a bigger picture. You you famously, you know, we've been quite optimistic. We've been very, I think, think you'd safe to say me and Josh and most of our guests have been very positive about um, Arteta. You're always the guy. You're the guy who comes in with a slightly more, what's the word? I don't know. Provocative, challenging, challenging opinion. What is your feeling about how we've done, particularly under Arteta, bearing in mind those signings at the beginning of the season, getting rid of Emery, et cetera? I, I genuinely don't think
3: that anything I've, I've done has been provocative. I really <laughs> Challenging. Don't. I- I get I get accused of this all the time and I think to myself well hold on I've I've made a point maybe a counterpoint to what someone said I've given a, a fact or two that I think is relevant to that point and and then opened up the discussion more but uh, you know of course of course emery had to go I I, I mean someone said to me last week that I was a, a fanboy of Emery and was, was somehow clamoring for him to stay. Was that, um, was that, Le, was that Le Grove? It was it? Le Grove. Yes. It was Le yes. Grove. And I found that really interesting because if you remember, even during his long unbeaten run at the start of his first season, I was actually saying, look, let's not get too carried away. The numbers are suggesting that this is going to, you know, bite us in the behind very soon. So all I ever try and do is just give a. a uh, a realistic angle to what we're actually seeing, and of course, the main driver for anyone, if you're a proper f- fan and and a supporter of the club, is that we want Arsenal to do well. Um, you know, if if I if I say I think Arteta's failing and then he wins ten games on the trot, I'm absolutely delighted. It's not like people have to defend against the opinion that they have. Um, that's absurd. You support the club for wanting them to win game after game after game. Um, and it's almost like, and again, you know, we go back to two years, maybe three years here. It's almost like people that were in the the, the, the widely varying camps on, on Arsene Wenger. If if Arsene Wenger won a game, the people that were Wenger out somehow had to disguise their annoyance that Arsenal had actually won a game under him, which was, you know, it was, it was getting ridiculous. It was absolutely getting ridiculous and vice versa. So really all, all I... Have tried to do in the past few weeks is try to look at Emery's Emery's results objectively against Arteta's results and try and see that if we have improved. And to me, to me personally, they do not show much improvement. They show some improvement, and especially if you just section off the last twenty or so games of Emery's reign, they certainly show some improvement. But let's 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 put this into perspective. There are many, many Arsenal fans on Twitter saying that Jose Mourinho has been an absolute disaster for Tottenham, especially after the game against Sheffield United that they lost. But if you actually look at his results, he's improved them to a degree three points more than Arsenal have been improved in their, in their first 20 games under Arteta. His first twenty games as Tottenham boss yielded three three more points. Yet everyone said that that was a disaster. So a minute, it minute, seems to be okay. everyone's looking at these. Okay. Everyone's looking at these figures from from the position of the horse that they backed in the race, rather than just to say, "Well, yeah, this could do with more improvement," right. or "This might not."
2: It's very interesting because first of all. I think the whole your discussion with Lagrove and and you're right you're absolutely right about and I think he 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 agreed with you when you pointed out that you weren't exactly pro emery when when we were um and you were you were questioning of of in his first season you you did indeed remind us of all the uh of the of the ex- expected the xg when we were on that unbeaten run and all of that and I, and that's absolutely right but i think i think lagrove and i i i found interesting you you tweeted that um comparison of the first 19 games didn't you of arteta and bruce rioch and uh, and uh, wenger etc and to me, what that's proved, and it's interesting because last week Nigel Winterman, our, our guest, was talking about how he doesn't really have stats. You know, stat people are obsessed with stats. You know, I I kind of knew know what he means. When I looked at that stat that you put up, I was like, well, what can we learn from that? That that you know, Vengel had a mediocre first 19 games, went on to win 10 trophies. Riuk had a did he have a better than first 19 games? He went on to be sacked about you know, kind of you know, however much later, Ardi that. that quite soon afterwards and was generally, generally disastrous. And Arteta's done about the same, maybe a bit worse. And, you know, I think everyone can see with their own eyes that he is improving the team. So my argument would be sometimes, I mean, it's fascinating. It was, you know, it was interesting, but my, my deduction, I thought was a bit of a, a cell phone as the kids would say from you, because I thought that what that showed that comparison, those United games was, it doesn't mean anything. Cause in the end, you know, in the end is what matters. And that what happens in a year's time is going to be what matters. And we'll see, obviously we'll see, but what my point about stats and compare, comparing it to what you see with your eyes is to me, Arteta's clearly made is a major improvement in terms of establishing a style of play, of formation, um, a formation, a team selection, and generally and a kind of attitude if you like and in terms of communication so there's a number of ways in which he's improved the situation with the team wait a minute there may be a statistical slight not only I mean it is an improvement as you've said but maybe statistically it's not that great and the and the Spurs thing's really interesting because Spurs fans most of the Spurs fans I know don't like aren't happy with Mourinho even though he's improved them a bit and that's isn't that more interesting than the, than the stat that he's done? Seeing it with your own eyes, the performances with your own eyes that Spurs under Marie have had is different to the stats. And Josh wants to come in as well.
3: Well, just, just to answer the point before Josh comes in. That's fine, um, because Josh, we can't hear Josh anyway all of a sudden. So, yeah, <laughs> Alan, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm someone that, that sort of see, I, I like to watch football without stats, regardless of the fact that I often come on here and quote stats and things like that. I like, I like to give an opinion based on what I've seen and what I'm actually feeling before I actually do come come across with a stat. And I'm not seeing... Uh, this is nothing to do with stats, by the way. This is absolutely nothing to do with um, any of the stats. The, the way that um, Bamiyang was joking before the Villa uh, corner... The way that Xhaka ran, ran back and took his position and claimed an offside, even though not knowing his position um, against Watford. These things are still happening. These things are still happening with these players, and you can't tell me that that, that they've improved. And I can't tell you they've improved at all. So wait a minute. The week where we beat Liverpool, Man
2: City, that was that was not, nothing. That was not so. in, in a, Essentially, City meaningless game against Watford. You're you're, you're prioritising a meaningless game against Watford for us. Semi-meaningless game to the City Liverpool results, which were astonishing. And, and you don't think you can't see the improvement? That the improvement is discounted because we then had a moment where Aubameyang smiled for a corner and Xhaka reverted to old Xhaka. And you know, do you see what I mean? The point I'm making. But we
3: we could. We, in the in the past, we we could always pull these out of the fire, even when um, even when we were in poor form. Um, we could always pull these results out of out of nowhere. And the Manchester City one, I acknowledge, I acknowledge was due to Arteta's game plan, and I and I think he had a game plan where we stuck to it, and we didn't even need much luck to actually get away with it. The Liverpool one, we needed a hell of a lot of luck and we got away with it. And these things can happen in the course of a season. But if you look at, you have to look at things overall. Most most of the people that use stats say that 50 league games is about where you need to get to, to judge a manager. And it's interesting. We actually sacked Emery on 51. So the Arsenal directors must agree with that somewhere. Um, 50 games will give you a good picture. Even a whole league season, 38 games. Can lie, and there's a saying that the league table doesn't lie. Well, we're well actually, according to most of the people that, that you know work these stats and make make a living from these stats, it does lie quite often. And it's about fifty games you need to look at. So we've only had twenty Premier League games under Arteta. I used the nineteen because that's exactly half of a league season, and I just used that just to put it out there. This is these are his numbers from half of a league season. Now the perception of Arteta is that he gives good interviews. He's a you know forthright guy. He came across extremely well in the interviews, but he came across extremely well when he was working at Man City and doing all the documentaries with them and working behind Pep. So because we have that perception of him, we're suddenly saying that everything that we see from him is great.
2: And no, 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 no. There,
3: I'm I looking at the performances. Well, I put that out there to say that you might think it's great, but, you know, his first 20 Premier League games, he has 33 points. Emery had 38. He was five, five points better off. Arsene Wenger had 32, and Rioc had 34. So, yes, one of the most successful managers and our third best manager of all time, Arsene Wenger, um, only had 32. He was bottom of that pile. So, yeah, it might not say much, but what it does say is how you might need to give patience towards managers or how those first 20 games actually then affect how a side's then going to play. And if you see a style of play, which we definitely saw with Wenger, as the players slowly bought into it, he needed a huge tactical change, which we talked about before. With Arteta, I'm seeing ups and downs that don't suggest to me that he he has implemented something that everyone is following.
1: But Alan, it's quite quite interesting to hear you refer to... Ryok and some of the other managers because a long time with Wenger, you, you didn't want to compare because you said, well, Wenger had it so easy in his period. And, you know, I don't know how we view Rios difficulties that he faced. So how can we, you know, evaluate this because Arteta, you know, of course he was coming into the, the club in, I don't know, more difficult circumstances. Like, we, you know, the club were really in a, in a pretty dismal place when, when Emery left the crowd, you know, it was a horrible atmosphere at Arsenal, home and away. I don't know. Arguably, taking over from Lundberg in the way he did, it wasn't exactly the easiest situation. Do you give him any credit for the situation the manager arrives in?
3: I think um, I think all four of the managers that we mentioned that I mentioned there arrived with, with the club in in pretty much similar disarray. Um, Arsene Wenger took over from a, a caretaker manager having, you know, Rio having left just before the start of the season. And he had a squad of senior pros that had switched off completely under Rio. So I think he had it quite difficult. I think Rio didn't have it uh, particularly, uh, sorry, I, I think Rio didn't have it particularly difficult. Uh, he, took over from, uh, he took over from a caretaker manager as well. George Graham had left in the February before so there were certain aspects of his of his start that would have been difficult for him. Arteta similar, and same same with Emery. I think look, when a when a manager comes into a club, unless it's a, a succession like Manchester United have, and even they have problems with that, you 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 are coming in because there's probably there's probably been a problem, and you're the one that's coming in to sort it out. And Emery's start in sorting out those problems was a 20-game run with 38 points and Arteta's was a 20-game run with 33 points. Um, there's not much difference in the Premier League between those two seasons. The only difference that I would that I've always stated when saying you shouldn't compare is that the Arsene Wenger top four stat occurred in seasons where mostly there were only three or four clubs um, trying to be, trying to be in the top four or, or capable of being in the top four. Actual performance game by game and over a quarter games, I think, is it's, it's fair to compare.
2: Yeah, I could just to go back to forget, sorry, Josh, one quickly because I want to just to go back to the, the Arteta v. Emery thing and the improvement, the non improvement. I, I do feel like you, you always revert to this thing about you know what he what he how he comes across and PR. And you did that bit with Jurgen Klopp as so well. I remember you were very you were very kind of cynical <laughs> about Jurgen Klopp, he's turned out to done quite well, isn't it? Aren't you ignoring? And when you look at those stats and compare the sheer number of points, aren't you ignoring the fact that we conceded 30 shots to Watford in the first part of the season under Emery? You know, and 21, and at, we were, home
3: at, 21 at home at the weekend. 21 at home at
2: the weekend. No, yeah, but I mean it's fewer, and that, and Watford fighting for their lives, and it's still fewer <laughs> than the home. fucking 30. Hang so there is it was home. open there. And generally, we're conceding far fewer chances, aren't we? We are. That's a fact. So, if you want to use the stats and our perform, he's establishing. it. I remember you say under Emery, you were- you. Were- I remember you were very critical of how he changed it. He changed the formation every week. He changed the selection every week. It was it was nonsense. It was insane. And he's definitely reverted to a more sane. He's come up with a with a, st- a style of play, a formation, a consistent formation pretty consistent selection you know the occasional swapping about the occasional surprise tactically you shown as you said i think you know under um, in, in the city game and very lots of other games you know we, we, we've, we, he's, he's established clear tactics just the clarity can't you must agree that the clarity of the situation under under Al-Tetri is much better than it was under emery I can't
3: i can't say that i cannot wow. say that wow. i'm not i'm not even i'm not doing it to be contrary i'm not I'm not doing it to say that I'm not behind Arteta and want him to do well. Of course I do. If, if you're a supporter of the club, you want any manager to do well, whether you like them or not. But with Arteta, I do not feel it warrants the kind of praise that that I've heard regarding him. I hope everything that you've said does come off and it is evident to me. But at the moment, it's not evident to me at all. And he, he has... Implemented some kind of style that I still feel the players are struggling with. The, the switch to to Jack going into the back um, to to allow players to get forward that did work. The first few games, I remember highlighting it on on one of the pods earlier in the season, saying this is quite good. This, it, you know, it, it does mean that we're getting free down the wings and we're overloading midfields against against four teams. Watford exposed that at the weekend. Aston Villa exposed that. I just think that you'd be going too far to say it's much better. You'd be going too far to say problems are solved. You'd be going too far to say this is starting a climb. Back I didn't say to problems are
2: solved. I didn't say problems are solved. It's better. It's definitely better. Yeah, it's definitely better. The evidence is there. It's like the performances are better. You know, they. You know, they're just. I just think it's. I think. I don't. I'm not saying you're deliberately. I, I think you're. I think you sta- I think you like establishing an idea, and that, but using statistics, which is fine. But I just think the vast majority. It goes back to what I was saying about Spurs. The vast majority of Spurs fans are frustrated with 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 Jose Marino. Oh, the Jose Mourinho. Whatever the stats on. are, I think the vast majority of Arsenal fans are really happy with Arteta, despite the stats. But yeah, well, that's again.
3: Some the perception is ruling the stats.
1: Is there something to be said here? You look back to last August. And Alan will know this from the the betting world. You know, I think Tottenham were pretty heavy third favorites, if that makes sense, Alan, you know, but behind Man City and um, Man City and Liverpool. So there's a real expectation here that Tottenham were going to finish third this season. I think the betting probably told us Arsenal were were expected to finish sixth behind City, behind Liverpool, behind Tottenham, United, Chelsea, and and then in we came. So, you know, there's arguably that feeling with Tottenham because they, they have arguably fallen further away from maybe what their target of, of or expectation of third was. You know, they, they have not been close to qualifying for the Champions League. Ultimately, we came pretty close to, to qualifying for the Europa League, much as that's sort of a disappointing way to look at it. And maybe that plays into how Tottenham fans are, are viewing, you know, what's going on at, at their club. Because, you know, they were in a Champions League final a year ago and, and they would have definitely expected to qualify for the Champions League again. You know, we we didn't. We were, you know, we were probably expected to to finish sixth. And I don't know. I, I I I feel that it's disappointing that that we haven't. It is weird to sit here as Arsenal fans and be talking about finishing in in eighth position, our worst since 1995. And yet here we are, boy. You and I feeling relatively positive. I mean, it just shows the overall situation that that we've come to. But I, I'm with you that it feels better under Arteta um, in recent weeks. But, you know, how quickly after that Liverpool and um, you know, the, the two victories we had, you know, the in, in the space yeah. of the Liverpool and, the, and City game, the way we flopped around at Aston Villa when we genuinely had something to play for was, you know, so incredibly deflating. And I was what, I was messaging with Nigel during it because on the podcast, he, he sort of said he saw it coming, didn't he? He just felt we weren't going to, you know, go there and get the win. And after such a high, it was, there was such a low and, you know, it was a, it was a reminder of where we are, like an Aston Villa side that have barely, you know, have really struggled to score goals all season. We, we didn't really threaten apart from, you know, that one chance off the post. Oh yeah. It was massively disappointing. Don't get me wrong. my, my, you know,
2: without doubt, this team, this squad is capable of, of not showing up and of mental weakness and the mental weakness that goes back, you know, years and years and years and we you know absolutely completely and and I think Arteta's job is you know I mean you can you can get down to the nitty gritty of which of those managers in recent years have had the hardest job but Arteta's jobs Arteta's the squad he's got the mental weakness of a, a lot of those players is undeniable and I feel like that and I and I totally agree you know about what Xhaka did in that game at the weekend was 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 pathetic et cetera. Et cetera. but I'm talking the bigger picture is that in, in you know in the in the majority of performances, I just I see in what Arteta's doing, uh, you know, m- not the the kind of job that I don't see many other managers would have done much better. I, Ancelotti, for example, you know, in the early days, you know, the big decision wasn't in a way like it was Angelotti via Arteta. It felt like a little bit, you know, when Everton and Arsenal were both looking for who was going to be the new manager. A lot of fans are like, well, Obviously, you go for the absolutely established one world-class manager, Ancelotti. I, myself, I admit it now, I, myself, was very doubtful and dubious about Arteta. I thought we were, it was a big risk, and I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't in favour of it. I don't think I was in favour of it at all until it finally happened and then he arrived. So I, I totally admit I was wrong about it. I think I was completely wrong about Arteta. But I now don't feel we should have gone for Ancelotti at all. I don't think many Arsenal fans would now prefer Ancelotti over Arteta. I don't think
3: many would prefer Mourinho over, over Arteta. What about you, Alan? I'd... I'd- Mourinho would have would have had us in a better league position, would have had more points from the twenty games. Um, I. I Is that everything I just, though? Is I, that but like you I, know I, with I, the I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. I I honestly do not doubt that Mourinho would have had us performing better than than Arteta has managed. But but if Arteta does have the philosophy that all of you guys have seen and does have that way to work us out of this long-term rut, then that's fine. I'd rather be under him and climbing out of it. The only thing I'm saying at the moment is I'm not seeing too much evidence that that is actually true and that is actually happening. And look, I've mentioned Villa and Watford because they're the last two games, but look, Olympiakos at home, that was a, that was a shocking performance um, to take us out of Europe. And at that particular point, that was going to be putting us within six games of qualifying for the Champions League when we were really struggling in, in the um, in the league to get to the top four. So before that game, Arteta would have said, this is my absolute best chance of getting into the Champions League next season. And we perform like that. So you can't really tell me that he does have the ear of the players and, and the way to, to get us out of this rut. If, if that's the kind of performance he can give or they can give for him in what to me has probably been the most important game since he's been since he's been our manager the cups are the cups are great the cups are fantastic the FA cup is wonderful but we can't judge on FA cups uh, I, I refuse to do it with Benga and I refuse to do it with any other any other manager I, I want to win the cup on Saturday I think it's wonderful to win the cup but the league is your bread and butter. European competition is also vitally important for us getting back in the Champions League. And I feel that Olympiacos game told me that he's got to, well, he's got to a point where he he, he must need more time for us to come to any kind of judgment that he's definitely changed.
2: Can I just read you the stats on that Olympiacos game? Uh, we had 19 shots on goal, seven on target, 62% possession. They had 12 shots on goal, four on target,
1: 38% possession. I mean, it wasn't, you know. And the I mean, Bamiyang. Don't yes, forget Bamiyang in indeed. the last second should have taken us through. Also, you know, that that game against Olympiacos, we were unbeaten in 10, I think, going into yeah. that. I'm just trying to go in front of me. Yeah, you know, we we had, um, you know, beaten United, beaten Leeds in the Cup, drawn up Palace. drawn. We Mischief beat them in, away drawn, uh, Olympiakos drawn Olympiakos Chelsea draw, you know, one at Bournemouth drew with Burnley smashed Newcastle, beat Olympiacos away, then beat Everton. And we came in, you know, in great form. And it was just one of those, uh, it was just one of those nights. And, uh, you know, it was so disappointing because not only would we have an FA cup to look, FA cup final to look forward to, but we should also be part of this festival of, uh, of football going on now in, in sort of Germany and, in Germany over the coming weeks, so it is absolutely gutting. I, I don't know. You just think
3: that you just think the Olympiacos game was a one-off. Just a In unlucky that period. We were playing. Yeah, literally, it, well. was. it was. It was
2: wasn't it? Period. After ten games, after that run. I mean, what well, you think that that was indicative? You think like it was a terrible performance? Even there were more possession, more attempts on goal, etc. And and uh, 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 I mean,
3: you're well, being unfair well, about that game. We would have definitely had more. You can always have more possession if you're the home team and more are a strong. Yeah, yeah, but we were better than we're them. We're strong, strong favourites against Olympiakos. So we're going to have more shots and more possession. That's absolutely a given. But what we gave them hints at a poor performance. And, you know, the result's there. We're out of Europe. And that was his most important game. And and to me, if you then start looking at Brighton away, Aston Villa away, and the Watford home game, I think you, you, you can get a clear picture that this team needs a hell of a lot more improvement and it might not be happening at the moment. No, he
1: hasn't had a real chance to bring in players that are going to make it a a quick improvement. And I'm sure he will over the next summer. And look, if we are sitting here a year from now and we're eighth, he's failed, right? Right. Do you you agree boys? Like, yeah, but we cannot be eighth next season.
2: You're absolutely right. But he also, I I think, you know, again, it's not, you're not, look, it's terrible luck when we came back from the restart the unbelievable, you know, the David Louise game. You just have to look at, you know, it, it's it's too, it's not it's not realistic to just, you know, kind of report on results. You have to look
1: at the actual performances.
2: And as I said, I just think it's ridiculous to say he hasn't improved us.
1: Sorry. Can Dick. I just ask, I just want to ask Alan, you mentioned that, I don't know where you think exactly Mourinho would have taken us. Where do you think Wenger would have taken this team?
3: Ha! I think, I actually think, um, Arsene Wenger would have had them a little higher this season. Yeah. Yeah. I really in Europe. do. But, um, and in Europe, I think, I think he would definitely have negotiated the Olympiacos game. Um, yeah. When it gets a bit tougher towards the end. I mean, who who are Olympiacos playing? I haven't, I haven't. Um, no, I,
1: I actually meant that we'd have qualified then for Europe if no, it
3: would have been higher yeah. in the league. Oh, sorry. In terms of qualification for Europe. Yeah. I don't think we'd have been top four under him. No. I really don't think we'd have been top four. I think we'd have been a couple of places high. I think we'd have been about six. But, you know, let's let's not forget this. He He's the he's the person that, that dragged this car right to the top of the hill. And for some, you know, bizarre reason of trying to keep his legacy and keep going and stay at the club, pushed it off that hill. Now, and we're going down free fall, absolute free fall. And he started this. There's absolutely no denying that he started this.
1: But and what would, would you rather that when he came into Arsenal in, in the mid '90s and we'd, you know, finished 12th in in '95 and snuck into the Euro, you know, UEFA Cup. I mean, it's not it's not his fault for taking us to be champions and then and then what went after. I, I mean, we've had this conversation before, but you know, Arsenal left a couple of years ago with you know, arguably a worse squad of players, arguably, and we're still sorting this out into a, you know, considerably higher league position. So I don't We know. have
3: had this conversation uh, uh, before. Yeah. The- yeah many, 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 you- many, many, many times, but I, I still feel that there, there needs to be acknowledgement. Oh, I agree once, with you. Once, once you've started pushing us downhill, yeah. the, the, the way to reverse it probably wasn't Emery's way, which was to sort of, you know, to, to continue the analogy... Emery's way of trying to change this was to sort of dive in front of the car and try and stop it in its tracks by totally changing the way that we play football. And that eventually caught up with him this season. Now, if Arteta well, look, despite all I've said, he has to be given time. This is not something that will be fixed very quickly. But yeah. I still concede that he hasn't <laughs> he, he hasn't definitely improved us. I'm not saying he can't improve us, and I hope he does improve us. He's going to need massive amounts of time to do so. And he's going to do it maybe by going back to that philosophy of playing good football, um, not trying to sit on one goal leads and the ridiculous stuff that Emery was doing, and stopping the other team from having many shots in a game. Great. That's a step in the right direction. So he, he... he hopefully will improve us, but I'm not going to hang my hat on saying he definitely has.
2: He definitely, I mean, he statistically has though, even then, sorry to, but he has, doesn't he? I mean, like, even, even if it's only a bit, you have to, you're not even conceding that now. Like he has literally improved oh, yeah. us. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a little right. bit and it's Fine. not good. That's enough. Not... That's all I need to know. He's improved <laughs> us. He
3: has improved us. Josh, my it's question not to, to you. not where people are getting carried away right. and Fine. saying the atmosphere was better in the stadium and all that. I mean, that, that pod all you right. guys did at the start of the season. The atmosphere oh, yeah, was
2: definitely better. Josh, let me just ask you this: if on one more Wenger question, I've because because this is I know we've discussed this many times, but I have seen loads of you know Wenger diehard obsessives on Twitter day in. Going on about how we're eighth, the well, worst league position for 25 years, etc. Saying, oh, you know, wouldn't have happened under Wenger. but all this bullshit, which I totally agree with Alan. That well, I don't even agree with Alan actually. That we definitely would have done that much better. My question to you is, as a representative <laughs> of that wing, of that wing of the Arsenal support, oh, would you really? Would you rather have Venger stayed? Is that what you're telling me? Would you rather he stayed
1: and not got rid of him a couple of years well, ago? I- what what I'm saying is there was a lack of respect shown to the great man and perhaps that has been played out and maybe, you know, a few years passing, you know, people will reflect on how they might've behaved on podcasts and blogs and, you know, articles that that have been written about him. So I'm not, I'm not saying that it wasn't time for him to go. I don't think I've ever said that Boyd. I'm happy. I want us to have a manager like Arteta we can get behind and I'm with you. I believe he can, you know, improve us, take us forward and, Hopefully, get us back into you know the level of football that we want our football clubs. To play I, don't, where,
3: I don't know where, where is sta- this. Where go is on. this football law that says that the way fans behave means that their team have to then suffer for a while? Uh, they were perfectly, perfectly reasonable, and 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 I'm definitely okay. putting myself in this camp. There were perfectly reasonable people that were saying for a long, long while why he had to go, explaining everything to do with the way that we, we failed and we we've gone backwards under him, and and it didn't happen. And then, then there were obviously the idiots that whose voices got louder towards the end that, that forced him out. I hated that lack of particular respect in terms of banners at, banners at uh, games and things like that. I didn't do any of that. Yeah, I, I know. I gave him all that respect towards the end. Sure. So, so there were people that were perfectly reasonably saying it's time to move on. And look, by yeah. the end of it, I, I don't think I, you know... I, I I agree. I don't
1: think Arsene was going to turn us around to turn us to be to be champions again. But, you know, it's interesting that we probably, you and I agree there, Alan, that it might not have dropped to quite the level that it has in the last couple of
3: years. No, I think, we'll never I think, know. We'll never I know. I think but the consistency just... of having him on board would definitely have not have dropped it. I can I ask one question, Josh? Because um, I, I tweeted that he was at least 50% responsible for what we're seeing this season. And a few people said to me, no, he's more responsible than that. And a few people said to me, no, no, he's, he's only a little bit responsible. Where would you place that percentage? some Wenger's responsibility for how bad we've been this season. <laughs> well, where was, would you place that percentage? Uh, pretty low, I, I
1: would say. Pretty low. Well, that, that was a given, but where would you place it? don't. There's so many different factors here, 50. right? I placed it at 50. What, what are 50? your... It, what's in your pie chart here of like contributing factors that, that give you to 50 uh, i
3: go- I was going i was going 35 cronkey 15 emery 50 arson right
1: mm. but what percentage of this play why did you look at how much of this percentage of the playing squad is is all arson's responsibility is that what you're thinking
3: um i didn't Go into that kind of detail, but I just thought off the top of my head that the way that the philosophy at the club and the way that the players had had switched off and the, the lack of discipline under him, the and lack the, of cojones, the, the lack of well, yeah, yeah. Let's be let's be yeah. um, let's be honest about Troy Deeney's quotes. The reason we're all annoyed with them is that they were true at the time. Well, As that's why I, I tweeted that. Yeah,
2: out. I t- right. I tweeted yeah. that the weekend and I got le- quite a few people saying I was being you know kind that's of I don't perfectly know, I-
3: reasonable. Yeah.
2: And in fact, I feel like the reason why that's became, became such a thing, I do think this is the salient point for me. I mean, I probably would, I would be lower than 50. I think 50% is harsh about that personally. I'd, I'd be more in the 35. I, I, I think it's hard to, you know, but I, what I would say is for me, the, the overriding factor in this whole situation we're in with the players and the and the, and, and the moments where they fuck up, is the lack of mental strength and the cojones and that feebleness. And I do feel that that lack of mental strength, that's what I feel is the overriding issue, you know, because sometimes they switch it on. This is the thing. And I feel like, you know talking about the these the, the last two games the way we've played since the you know that Josh was mentioning that Winterberg pointed out and he he was right and I was lulling myself into full sense of security to think these players the Louises and the, and all of those players have got it out of their system of course and I don't think they ever will so I, that's why I think Arteta's job is really hard because it's intrinsic in the in the way in the whole the way the whole club's been run in that declining period under Wenger and beyond, that there were that it was just the feebleness and the lack of balls and the and the lack of mental strength. And I do feel that is a huge factor. That's uh, that's my opinion. About it. But anyway, Josh, we can move Josh on has, because
3: Josh hasn't given his percentage yet. <laughs> it's a hard, so hard question. I,
1: to ask. I think it's very, very uh, tough question. I just feel it would be the reverse. Like, had a you know, if Arteta wins the FA Cup, uh, how responsible is is Wenger for that? A little is, bit. is it the same
3: yeah, percentage? Definitely a little bit. Same percentage. Fifty percent? Definitely 50%? No, de- definitely a little bit. Um, you know, cup competitions are slightly different. They want their their sets of one-off matches, but he 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 could yeah he could claim a a, a small percentage victory in that. Yeah, hundred percent. But I don't I don't think he'd want to claim a percentage of the victory. Well, you, know, you know you know what I mean. Uh, the cup pedigree has has been there, and he's he's the you know the history-making record winner of the FA Cup. We've definitely got a cup pedigree. Well, and he, he, bought, he bought some of these players. He bought Bamiang, who's our best player. So I'm, I'm quite so, yeah. happy to give him credit if we, if we win the FA Cup. But the overall picture of the club is one of a downturn. And I just wondered where you see his percentage involvement in that. He's not going to answer. I think, <laughs> I mean,
1: we have I think to it's low. I'll, I'll try and come back with percentage we'll a percentage by the end of the podcast. <laughs> we
2: we'll have a break. Josh can come up with his answer. And then we've got we've got to discuss. We haven't got long left, and we've got to discuss the cup final, our highlights of the year, our players of the year, etc. Anyway, anyway, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back after this.
0: If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr. Bean cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag coolerkingbike cooler.bike e-bikes that are cool AF.
2: And we're back from the break. Josh is still mulling his percentage of which are some is responsible for our country. More importantly, I want to talk about some positive points. Alan, like for me, let's talk about what are the best things that have happened this season because there have been some good things. I think the emergence of Saka. Has been brilliant. I think Martinelli until he got injured was great. That goal he scored against Chelsea was fantastic. I think generally he's a really there's a really exciting future. I think Pepe, I know you you had your Pepe doubts, and he's not he's not been, you know, brilliant, but I think he's had a very solid, I would say, very promising first season. There was a good article I read in um online about Pepe's performance.
3: Um, it was the one saying, um, one of the biggest flops, you've got to be joking. and then Yeah, that talks, one, yeah. yeah Daily, Daily Cannon, Daylight. Daily
2: Cannon. Yeah, it was, Daily, it was good. It was good. Really good. Um, these are all positives. And Tierney, brilliant signing. Absolutely as good as we hoped he would be when he came back from injury. I think he's done a brilliant job. These are my positives. What about you?
3: Um, I agree with all of those. Um, the Pepe thing, to me, I still think, technique wise he's lacking a little bit and I'd have expected a little bit more from him than, than he's shown I read that article and I definitely revised some of my some of my thoughts on him and I hope he I hope he really does sort of prove me even more wrong um, as we come into it I can't I can't hold him as a positive though I'm going to hold him as a neutral but I'll add a positive to yours uh, someone pointed out and I think it's definitely true that we've probably got the, the best first and second keeper in the league, if you add oh, yeah. the keepers together, yeah. Um, Martinez has been been fantastic. His performance Incredible. against Watford, yeah, probably stopped it being a five-three to them. Um, and I'm not exaggerating there. You know, but they had far far the better chances. Yeah, fair enough. So, so I think that that is a, another thing to add to the positives list. And um, you, you mentioned Tierney. I I do like his attitude, and I do like the spirit that we seem to have amongst the players at the moment. I am going to give Arteta a little bit of credit for that. But I also think that, naturally, the, the way that the squad has come together, the, the ages and the age ranges, it, it might have just hit a sweet spot. And I really hope it has.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah, Josh, what are your, what are your positives? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting on Tyrion, isn't it? It feels like he's played more than he actually has. I think it's only 15 league games he participated in. And, yeah, and, and I think if he hadn't like that, been sort of. injured, we'd have got, we'd have had, done, you know, I think that that I think we'd have done a bit better, after saying,
2: yeah,
3: come
1: yeah because you. if you if you look at the sort of number of games that, okay, Kal- Kalazinac, uh, you know, has had to come in and and have a role there, uh, Osaka or Saka or Mate there's actually been a, an awful lot of of chopping and changing to try and yeah. make that work, but it does feel that like towards the end of the season there was a, you know, a plan there and a an idea of what might be. Uh, the way that Arteta wants, you know, this group of players to play, with so many defensive injuries as well that he's had to put up with, especially defensively. Like we go into, you know, a, a cup final on on Saturday, and you know, there's 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 players not involved that probably would be, but but for injury. And I, you know, there are positives. You know, you've mentioned most of them. You know, is, is Granite Xhaka's resurgence? you know, worthy of a mention probably after, after what happened earlier in the season and what seemed like, uh, you know, an unretrievable situation with, with what happened. He's come back into the team. Yeah. I yeah. think only David, only David Luiz and Abameyang have played more premier league games than, than Granite yeah. Xhaka this season. And that probably tells you, you know, something as well that, um, you know, and our record is, is better with him. So I think he's the other uh, main positive for me, you know, the, the negatives. Well, you know, the Meza Ozel situation just did not resolve itself at all. And it's, you know, it's an embarrassing, you know, situation that we've, we had a Gwenduzi situation. It's quite unusual to to have a player who, you know, what am I looking at here? I think he's our eighth top appearance holder, ninth possibly in, in the Premier League. And, you know, just to have a level of discipline where the manager has completely disregarded you. I mean, is there another obvious example from our Premier League rivals this year that we can think of where, you know, you've got two players just discarded due to sort of discipline. Mm. It's, it's very unique. Um, sadly. So yeah, I think
3: we've, we've covered most of them. Yeah. Um, um I just, go on. just just touching on your point about the defenders, Josh, um, I was looking through cause you know, I, I pull all these stats from all the various nerdy spreadsheets that I keep on Arsenal. So that's why I can, uh, pull out these <laughs> managerial stats and points and things like that. Um, on the player spreadsheet we've used 13 different players in defensive positions in the premier league this season oh. quite incredible you were mention, mentioning the defensive injuries that's four more than the next nearest season 13 players in defensive positions which is just you know
2: crazy if you think about it yeah yeah that's ridiculous um we haven't got much time so I think, oh, let me just quickly ask you, because Arsenal announced their their three candidates for player of the season this year, Aubameyang, Leno, Saka, who would you pick, Alan? Um, I would go with Aubameyang. Yeah, I would as well. And I know you agree with, I, I think we've got to go all out to keep him. I don't care what the fuck happens. You know, the mere fact in the last game of the season, he was unlucky not to get joint golden boot with your hero um,
3: at Leicester. And that um, earned me a good few quid. I, I, I would have personally written to Eddie Inketia if uh, that goal would have gone in. That was such a ridiculous pass. It, it was would have incredible. Cost, it would it have cost incredible. me a, a fortune in halving the, halving the bet winning. So you predicted that um that what's his name?
2: Um, it was going to be Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. That's it. Yeah, I'm I'm old.
3: I forget people's names. Well, how much did you win on that bet then? Uh, a, a good amount. A nice amount. He gets underrated by the market makers every single year. He's, he's placed in that. And, and only, I only backed him because I thought he would be in the top three or four. I didn't think he would actually outright win it. But I backed yeah. him each way for it the last three seasons. He's returned. And, um, yeah, there, there seems to be a real snobbery against him. I know there's a lot in our in our fan base when he was going to join. There's a lot of snobbery against him in, in terms of betting. And um, you can take advantage of that snobbery.
2: But it does show. You, Aubameyang and him have got a lot in common. That thirty-something strikers so you can you know who who perform incredibly well and score different types of goals and uh, and are you know just so vital to us. I think you know Josh. Who would who be your player of the year?
1: Have to go with Aubameyang. I mean, just mm. in terms of the goals. I mean, Saka has been outstanding, but you know hasn't possibly played quite enough games to go in a player of a season, you know, category. Certainly could be next season, and you'd you know, expect and hope that he, uh, you know, continues what we've seen of him. And especially just now that the contract situation has been resolved. I mean, nobody is probably on a longer term contract at the club, right? Like he's, he's going to be there till 2025 minimum, we hope. So that's a great recital. But look, just Aubameyang for his consistency in in front of goal. And, you know, I think, I think he's unrivaled. He's the one player that when I still go and watch Arsenal turn it on, you want to, you want to see Aubameyang on the team sheet, don't you?
2: yeah yeah
1: we've got to preview of the cut phone. We've only got about five minutes left, unfortunately, um before someone else comes
2: in to use this equipment. Uh, I am f- I'd say it now. We've had long discussions about Giroud versus Lacazette, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't want to get into that whole thing, but I'll say it now. I'm fucking terrified that Giroud is going to score at least one goal against us. He's definitely scored at least one goal against us. He's on a massive streak at the moment for Chelsea and he does love a streak. He likes a, a no-scoring streak and a no-scoring streak and I'm convinced he's going to score against us. And I, at the moment, I feel like, bearing in mind our performances at the weekend, I'm really worried about this match, which we have to win to get, to get the money from the Europa League, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm feeling at the moment we're not going to win it, I have to say. But what do you think, Alan? You're, you know you may be more expert than me.
3: I think, I I agree with what you've said. And I, I think it's going to be extremely tough. There does seem to be the feeling in the fan base that the more difficult the game at the moment, the more the players actually concentrate and, and stick to some kind of game plan and that certain aspects of our play suit being the underdog in a game. Now, there's obviously a bit of reason to bias bias with that because we're looking at the Liverpool and Man City games and saying, well, yeah, we obviously did well in those games, so therefore that must be true. But I think there is a, an element of truth to it, and that out of all of the opposition that we could have had at the weekend, um, in terms of the cup, you know, if United had beaten if United had beaten Chelsea in the other semi final, would you be as confident? I think maybe a little more confident. I'm not, you know, we'd still be underdogs for the game. So I just feel that the way Chelsea play might suit us a little more. And the only bad thing is that we don't have the kind of players that have hurt them this season. You know, we can get crosses into the box, but we haven't got someone that's going to be winning headers and, and actually getting amongst their defenders. And they, they, they've struggled with that. Um, I would definitely play a Bamingang through the middle as a two. I know he won't, but, that's what they've struggled with this season. You know, it, I, I watched the game against West Ham a few weeks ago where Antonio just bullied their defenders for a long while and they didn't really know how to handle him. And they had runners coming on both wings. If we can do that to them, then I think we'll have a chance. If we sit back and think that it, we're playing Man City, then you risk, you know, Juru getting lots of chances and, and then dominating the midfield. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Let's, mm. let's, have fingers crossed. Yeah, Josh, what's your feeling about it?
1: Well, it's just funny, isn't it? The last six, is it FA Cup finals that we've gone into, we've won. I mean, that's now extraordinary yeah, record of any club to just not have that feeling of of defeat. And even you know, before that, we obviously lost to to Liverpool and. I think we'd won the the you know the previous one to that, so we've got an amazing record when it comes to these finals. I guess what gives you confidence is that the Chelsea away game in the league came at a difficult period. We really turned up and we put in a strong performance and we we took a point. The game at home in the league, we actually played very well and probably a little bit unfortunate to lose it really late on. But we, you know, we've put in two really. Incredible, decent performances against Chelsea already this season. So it gives you confidence. And, you know, we've been at Wembley and been outstanding in the last couple of weeks. So I think they've got, you know, every reason to have belief. But we are underdogs. And I've got horrible memories of that 20 or 18 hours I spent in Baku just over a year yeah. ago when we, were, we just absolutely crumbled. And obviously there's no hazard there and there's, you know, a bit of a change of personnel. I feel like it's extra time coming and I, I don't know. It's it is. It is the absolute heart tells you we'll find a way. And the head just says, maybe our luck in finals is is going to run out. What are you, what are you thinking, Boyd? Well, they've got bloody, I, I agree with you. We like
2: with, you know, you know, not having Hazard, but now they've got bloody Pulisic who's turned into yeah, this fucking incredible. world-class player. That they've unearthed. I mean, it's, it's infuriating. And I, I am worried about Giroud. I, my, my, my optimism, my, my sliver of optimism, and that's all it is at the moment, comes from the fact that we need it more than them. And I do think that makes a big difference. Like, I think generally, like, for example, the Watford performance, that was a lot to do with Watford, need, you know, literally having their last chance and us not having that much to play for. And I do think it generally in big, big games, in cup finals, et cetera, it's a really important factor. And I do think maybe the fact that they're already, they've, they've qualified for the Champions League, but and I, do, I also agree with Alan that when we can't play them at, like, like we did the city game, I think this is different. And when, I don't think we will play like that. I hope he, I don't know. I hope he, I hope he plays Pepe. Cause I think Pepe could be really good against them offer some kind of threat. And I don't know. I, at the moment, my feeling is we, we will lose though. So I'm going to, I'm going to end. And of course um, we had a pretty shitty predictions. <laughs> Our predictions record has been yours and mine, Josh has been mediocre all year, but, Mine has um, been slightly better. Yours was slightly better. My final, we're going to end this podcast with my final prediction of the season, which is that I think we'll probably lose, say, 2-1. And I'm very depressed about that fact and I really hope I'm wrong.
3: Alan, what's your actual prediction? Um, I would say 3-1 to Chelsea, but I, I hope I'm miles off.
1: And Josh? Well, I'm going to say that we might yet have a podcast next week and, oh, and think we up. can... Think we can scrape a uh, a two-one victory, or possibly go all the way to penalties. You know, maybe after extra time. So
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know. Uh, it would just be the the feeling of how we'll remember this season will just be so yeah. so vastly different. um, Judging by what happens at Wembley, what are you, what are you going to do for the cup final, Boyd and Alan, in terms of it not being? You know, we've all been lucky enough to to be there, haven't we, for recent finals? Yeah, yeah. Well, what are you going to do, Boyd?
2: I'll have some mates around to watch it in four 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 K on uh, on BT Sport. Um uh shameful lack of build up on BBC one by the way. They've got you know, they only got about an hour's build up. You know, we used to have like six hours of it back in the day. Um why but,
1: yeah. why are you watching on B T, not BBC? What, well this is because
2: H <laughs> D four four K ultra high definition on BT sport, BBC just normal definition. It's it's you know, just and I, I know BT the B T commentators will probably be a nightmare. I mean if you it know will. If yeah they will yeah thanks yeah but i'll I'll put up with that just to watch it in 4k it's you know it's an interesting it's a dilemma but that's yeah that's probably what i'll end up doing i'm i'm
3: I'm absolutely gutted that um the last final against chelsea was a was the first fa cup final um i'd missed in in years and years and years and years of supporting arsenal um i think i've been to the previous six or seven um we had a family wedding that day that that Obviously, uh, if I hadn't attended, I'd have probably upset half the family. Um, So I didn't even go to the last one against Chelsea, unfortunately. Um, I will be going over to a family member who's got a big screen TV and going to put it out facing the garden and uh, hopefully enjoy a day in the garden and then go in and watch that. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: It's not going to be enjoyable anyway, is it, Josh? Let's face it, what are you doing? I'm also just going to watch with uh, a few friends and uh, make a bit what we can. It's so upsetting not to have cup yeah. final day to, to look forward to, but, and also there's a weird one, like, you know, ever since I've been going regularly to Arsenal, I've always had a European away trip kind of at least one or two a year that we've gone with. And I know mm-hmm. you, you sometimes go bored as well. Yeah, yeah. The idea that, I mean, let's even forget COVID for, <laughs> for a second. And that the difficulties that it's going to be with European travel, if it's even allowed during next season, The idea of that not even being an option towards the end of next season, you know, Mm. is really, really upsetting. So, you know, I really, I really hope that we're there and that we've got, albeit only Thursday night, European football to look forward to, that, that that is at least something for the club to look forward to. Well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we will be back for
2: one last podcast. If not, um, thanks for everything, Josh. Thanks for everything you do, all your hard work. And thanks to Alan. Alan, I know we have a go at you and I know we challenge your um, views, but it's brilliant. You are brilliant value as ever. And and you're always one of the most um, delightful guests on the podcast. So I don't know what we'd do without you, frankly.
3: Thank you, I've absolutely loved it. And uh, yeah, absolutely, well, no hard feelings on any of the arguments we have at all. I like to think they're good discussions, and uh, yeah. there's one thing. There's one thing, and as I said before at the, at the start, if, if you're doing this for your opinion to be right rather than Arsenal winning, then you're not a fan. I did. I did make that accusation. I <laughs> you're,
2: you're reeling from it, but yeah, it was it was it was tongue in cheek. I know you. I know you want Arsenal to win. I know you always want Arsenal to win, and we can just end this podcast by saying, "Thank God we've made some improvement after under Arteta." Some. Has Josh got his percentage? Oh, yeah, Josh, have you got your percentage? <laughs> uh, listeners are on tenterhooks. Five. Uh, five. <laughs> Brilliant.
1: Uh,
2: on that bombshell. <laughs> thank you so much to Josh, to Alan, and thank you, um, everyone who's listening. And we may be back for one more, if not, see you next season.
0: Bye. All right. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now and is available wherever you've got this podcast. You're going
2: to lose a number of people to the flu.
0: This is a Playback Media
2: production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports
1: Social
0: Podcast Network.